Welcome to Cheap Wine and Good Food, the podcast where we try to find good wine for you under $11. This is Virginia Palencia, and I'm joined today by Mr. Israel Palencia. So say hello, Israel. Hey, how are you? So today we did something a little different. Yes, we did. We joined a wine guild. Yes, we did. I feel like when you join a guild, that it's something from the Middle Ages, something the medieval people do. I kind of feel like I secretly belong to uh, an ultra-secret organization like the Knights Templar, that I now am going to be knighted in some way. I feel important. Well, we did have a discussion about Monty Python and the Holy Grail, so... Yeah, that completely is true. Yeah. You know, it feels a lot cooler to say I belong to a wine guild than like a wine drinking club. I would agree. Yeah. Or a wine group. Or a wine tasting. Yeah. It's uh. Because now you can wine taste at Trader Joe's. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make you feel important, right? Not at all. But I have been like dropping that I've been going to, I've joined a wine guild for days. And didn't you just discover something? What's that? Their grandparents. Oh, yeah. I found out that my grandparents once belonged to a wine guild. So this is kind of like a a crazy full circle. But I'm telling you, if you've got something like this in your area, at least the one that we go to, there's this little wine shop um, maybe five minutes from our house where they do an awesome job. They found out that um, I liked a certain wine that I had a hard time finding and they kept it in stock and and one time, didn't they find that um, Malbec? Yeah, the Malbec that you had in another country, and they tracked it down for us too. So they just do a bang up job. So I guess we shouldn't have been surprised that we like the wine guild so much. Exactly. It, it was a it was a fun experience. Yeah. The best part was it was eight dollars total for the two of us, and we sampled one, two, three, four, five, six wines. Was yes, it? we did. Man, and they were good. And my favorite part, I think the most expensive one was twelve ninety nine. I think most of them were in the $9, $10 price range. I would agree, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we thought uh, you guys might get a kick out of kind of running through the wines. We give you the prices and, and tell you what we thought for what it's worth. Lord knows we're not experts. No, but we learned a lot today. Yeah, I did. For I example, know. if it's north of the equator, it's Syrah. But if it's south of the equator, it's Shiraz. Shiraz. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the big, big difference. So we actually started off with the Brut, uh, Simone Brut. That was tasty. That was $9.75, and that was really light and crisp. I tend to shy away from Brutes because I, I, I like... I always want to make sure that they're extra dry, and I guess I've had some bad experiences where somebody told me it was dry, and it wasn't so much. I didn't know what I was drinking, but next thing I knew, it was empty. (laughs) I liked it. Yeah, that's a good sign. Two thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. Um, And we tend to drink Prosecco in my family. Yeah. So that was a nice um, change, and I thought that that was a really um, an elegant brute for for the price point. I would agree. Yeah. Uh, The second wine we had was... um, uh, God, I'm going to jack this up because we're several... Is this the honeysuckle one? No. The next one we did was a La Jade. It was a Vignier. Vignier. I always have a hard time with that Something word. Something like that. It was from France. Um, and uh, it was really comical. I wish I had a video of Israel 
putting, um, doing the whole nose thing, having his mouth open and, you know, trying to get all of the, the scent because he really has terrible sense of smell. Oh, I can't smell anything. They were like, <laughs> put your mouth on the lip of the glass, your nose in the yeah. glass and smell before you taste. That doesn't work for me. Yeah. Um, it was, um, that was the one that really had kind of like the, the honeysuckle nose. And then, uh, like, a little bit of a mineral finish. Yeah. So I know that I've talked about before. I'm not the biggest fan of white, but I actually found this one really refreshing. It wasn't bad. I like it when you get that mineral or kind of sea salt aftertaste in a white. Yeah. We had a Spanish white, I know, last year that was that was like that. And, of course, conveniently, I can't remember it. And if I do, I'll, I guess I could edit it back in, but I probably won't. But it was good. It was, it was decent. Anna. It was. It was... It's one of those ones where you can buy, you can drink it, and it's not going to be a disappointment. Um, it was enjoyable. Yeah. Um, and then, and that's actually a grape that we have a lot here in Virginia, by yeah. the way, the state of Virginia. It's a really popular one to grow. Um, the third one, I wasn't the biggest fan of, but I guess I'll say it just to say it in case somebody's interested. And that was the Vouvray, was um, Triel Vouvray. That was also from France, and that was twelve ninety nine. But I'm not a big fan of sweet, and it was really, really heavy on that kind of, like, citrusy, melon, sweet taste. Was that the one where the guy asked me what it tastes like? Yes, and you were just like, I don't want to be rude. Yes. Yeah, the guy just walked up to Israel and just completely put himself, what does it taste like? And Israel looked like he was in the third grade, and his teacher busted him, staring out the window. He was like, oh. I didn't like that one too much. Yeah, I wasn't the biggest fan. No. No. And then they rolled out with one of our favorite reds. Do, 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 do. Which one? <laughs> I know, right? Um, I need to do a whole podcast on this one, I think, but it's the Carpazzo Sangiovese. Oh, that's a good one. It really is. Um, we got seconds on that one. We did, mm-hmm. because he knows that um, that's actually the one that we have asked them to put into stock because we like it so much. Oh, My yes. family and I had it at... Um, I want to say a restaurant maybe six years ago. One of those big restaurants where my family was, and they were all gathered around, and we had we had this bottle of wine. I think Val picked it, and we all loved it. And I don't know if it was a function of how much we had been drinking, but we all thought it was amazing. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, and so then I track it down, um, I think at like a New York, a New York distributor or whatever. Anyway... I found a really good deal, and I call up Israel at work. I'm like, guess what? I found the wine. It was only $7 a bottle. I remember. My first response was, how many bottles? (laughs) A case. Um, And then we just ended up really enjoying it. It's a great red. Um, You know, Sangiovese is a really good grape um, out of the Tuscan region, and it's a little fruity at the beginning, but it's it's just got a good finish, a little bit of spice. and it's just a fan favorite. And so they had that um, tonight. And that, when I saw what people bought the most when they left out the door, it clearly was that. Oh, yeah. I agree. I agree. It's a good one. It's a really good, I hate to say like Italian pizza wine, but it's a really good wine to have with um, pastas, pizza, maybe, um, you know, some salami, things like that. Oh, it's a great wine. Um, the next red we had, I really liked. I think this was my favorite. I think it was maybe your second favorite. The Syrah. Yeah, the Grand Valen Syrah from France. 
I thought it tasted much more expensive than 10.99. I would agree. I would agree. Yeah, it was really um, kind of bold it on the fruit. Bold. Yeah. Heavy body, um, almost dinky a little bit. Um, and it has like sometimes with Syrahs, they have almost like a little bit of a they say like a little leather aftertaste. So this guy behind me was cracking me up. He's like, I taste the Corinthian leather. (laughs) (laughs) And that really broke the ice for me because I thought when you go to a thing like this, when we kind of looked at the demographics, the people were pretty old. Yes. um, Pretty Caucasian, uh, seemed a little affluent, you know, but... After, like, the second glass, people were just in there to have a good time. It was such a good vibe. I it was agree. clear people knew each other, and people just kept coming up to us. And so I can't speak for other, you know, wine guilds, but the one in our area was really nice. And, oh, it was and nice. we definitely planned to come back. And our wine guild is informative because yes. I learned today that Syrah um, was a grape or wine that was heavily used in the Middle East right around where. If Christ turned water to wine, mm-hmm. then that wine would have been Syrah. Is that so? That is they so. They say that the fish uh, that Christ supposedly fed the the masses was tilapia. So <laughs> tilapia and Syrah. Like there you can we go. go, you can go straight to the food kitty right now and and eat like Jesus. Yes, you can. Yeah, it, Dave really had good trivia and yeah, um, yeah, and I and I I just took a lot out of it for eight dollars. Yes, it was great. But definitely the last wine, and this is the wine that we're drinking right now, was your favorite. It was, I didn't know what to expect because it was a, uh, it was a combination of three different grapes, right? Actually more. Um, it's a Southern Australian, and we have not really ventured into Australia that much. No, no. But I should have known we were going to like it because it's a combination of some of our favorite grapes, right? It is, it is. It's, um, you've got Syrah. You've got Garnacha. And the Malbec, right? Yeah, which we should have realized was like a trifecta for us. Yes. It is heavy, heavy, heavy duty. It's a heavy hitter. It's intense. It's um, It just really delivers. It's a tiny bit higher than our price point at eleven ninety nine, um, which I think is technically what I try to find. Yeah. But um, it, is, it is well worth it. It's got a great story. Oh, yeah. Tell me the story. So the doctor who um, started the vineyard, um, he came to Australia's second wave of immigrants. Oh, okay. And so he's not a prisoner. No. Okay. And when he got there, like many of the people who got there, they were like, this place is off the chain. Let's head back to where we came from. But he stayed because he, he was basically, he was in business because there were so many um, stabbing, shooting, fights that as a doctor, he made a lot of money off of um, repairing people. Um, He started uh, a farm. That farm got successful. Next thing they started a grape farm, and that grape farm became a vineyard, and that's why it's Hope's End. It was his farm. It's really cool, and um, the label is hilarious because if you look at the front, it says Landed, 1886, Hope's End, run away to the dark side to a place called Port Misery. It's a little intense, um, but I would also say that the wine itself is also the same. It really delivers. It's got um, a really long finish. Taking another sip here, it's um, 
Yeah, it's great. Oh, but let's check out this label some more, right? This dark brooding wine is a tribute to the brave souls who set sail to the dark side of the world in search of a better life and arrived to find hope's end. In that moment, they stopped hoping for a better tomorrow and instead lived for the day. This is flipping inspirational. <laughs> well, I guess when you're going somewhere <laughs> where the initial population are all criminals, yeah. when you get there, your uh, hope ends. Sorry, there was also some natives there. They weren't the first first. They probably were like, what the hell? Why are these people coming here? Yeah, they probably have a completely different perspective on the label, the bottle, and some doctor that showed up and took their land. Yeah. But that's another podcast and another story. Yes. But I gotta say, this is really just um, a delightful find that we wouldn't have found without the Ooh. Wine Guild. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> So, now that we got our wine, yes, I must admit that our stomachs are also really full. Oh, they are very happy. And that's because um, in our area, in southeastern Virginia, it's very, very difficult to find good Mexican food. Very difficult. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you might find some decent Salvadorian food. But, you know, for the most part, it's kind of that typical Tex-Mex chain kind of stuff. But we have um, a really good Mexican grocery store maybe 10 minutes away. Yeah. And they opened up a kitchen last year. And that is a game changer. Mm -hmm. It's a game changer. Um, You know you're going to be in a good situation, in my opinion, when you walk into a store that sells candles and you see a woman who is under five foot one slapping together the tortillas in the back. That's would, the way I feel. But I would agree. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. What else is a good sign for you? Oh, it goes right to what you just said. If I go to a Mexican restaurant and the carne asada plate is $12 or more, 12 13 14 whatever it might be, the place is shit. <laughs> Because they're it, trying too hard. Yeah, they're trying it's too no hard. longer a Mexican restaurant. It's now a um, it's a Tex-Mex restaurant trying to sell you know bougie kind of food yeah. um, to a population. So it's now eighteen bucks for it's not the same thing. Yeah. The place we went to today, eleven dollars a pound of al pastor and some homemade fresh warm tortillas. Onions, cilantro. Two types of um, hot sauces. Limes. And limes. For $11 for the meat and $2 for the tortillas. So uh, literally a pound of meat for $11. 13 yeah. for everything. Yeah. Not much on the vegetables, though. There are some onions and um, cilantro. <laughs> but really, really, um, really good. Oh, really delicious. Right. So good that our um, two of our pets refuse to leave us alone. Yeah, I'm pretty convinced that uh, our our pets at this point have become addicted to table food. We we had to go out of town, and Israel's uncle, who doesn't speak English, 
stayed for a week and a half at our house. And when we came back, our animals were completely transformed. We have a dog and a cat. And suddenly they did not appear to understand English commands. No, they did not. (laughs) At all. Suddenly they expected to be allowed to sleep on the bed. And suddenly they expected table scraps at all times. Yes. So I have this vision of your uncle um, just like cooking a frittata for himself in the morning and cooking like a baby frittata for each, garnishing garnishing it with like cilantro or whatever it is that he did. Um, but yeah, they're completely transformed. And so we bring, they haven't begged at the food and eat, uh, begged uh, for food at the table in ages, but we bring home the sal pastor and it's like crack to them. They yes. can't, they can't help themselves. Yeah. So I guess my takeaway for tonight really, um, is kind of support your local, your local businesses, support your local wine stores. I mean, look, I like total wine just as much as anybody cause they have amazing deals. And I do hit up Trader Joe's, as you guys know. But if you've got a little independent store, and especially one that's doing community things like a wine guild or a beer club, give them your support because that's going to give you the kind of detailed um, attention and care that's really going to help you in your learning process. And it's always a good thing. And I would definitely say support your local restaurants too, especially if you've got like a little tiend or a little grocery store like that. Um, Again, like that service is just unbeatable. I agree. What do you say? I think though you might pay a dollar or two more at the local wine shop versus Total Wine or Trader Joe's, it's worth it. It's um, it's right there. You get to know the people. Um, you can special order things that you want. It is completely worth it. And the small little tiendas, um, I guarantee you the food's going to be a thousand times better <laughs> than when I first moved to Hampton Roads. Mm-hmm. The only Mexican restaurant that I remember being told, this place is the shit was Chi-Chi's. <laughs> and I but looked, you get the big sombrero on your birthday at Chi-Chi's. Do you know what Chi-Chi's means in... Uh, in... I do. I'm well aware. Um, so but when, for uh, those of you that don't, please feel free to Google it. Yes. But I just remember <laughs> that I looked at the restaurant, I saw Chi-Chi's and thought to myself, is this Spanish Hooters? Yeah. yeah. And I got in there and I ate the food and I'm like, this is like Taco Bell. Yeah, well, we could, man, we could do a whole other podcast on the Spanish language and um, that I'd never realized. I, I because my cuss words are Puerto Rican, I always thought that uh, bicho is the word for, you know, penis. That's what I know. And um, it's actually the word for bug. Yes, So flash forward to one of the first times I meet Israel's mother, and she's like, oh, Look at all the little bugs flying around, but I'm hearing, oh, look at all the little beep flying around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it goes on and on and on and on. Um, but yeah, more of the story, man. So join a wine guild. It's awesome. Support your local restaurant in Tienda. Yeah, and give hope, hopes and a try. And I would say any of the reds we mentioned, the Grand Valon Syrah and Carpazzo Sangiovese, were both really, really good. I agree. I yeah. agree. And hey, thanks for subsidizing our wine habit. Oh, we greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode or any of our episodes, please hit subscribe or take a minute to leave a rating and a review. This helps us get closer to our goal and helps other people find us and join in the fun. We really appreciate your support and we look forward to drinking more with you one glass at a time. Bye.